Hi, this is Marian Samuel from the Caribbean Radio Lighthouse in Antigua. Every Wednesday at 12.30 p.m., we interview a guest about real-life issues from the Caribbean. Welcome to Lighthouse Conversations, a time to explore the issues surrounding your everyday existence, your family, your community, your environment, your health and safety habits, your lifestyle, both physically and spiritually, will all be discussed here on Lighthouse Conversations. Let's get started and see just what we can learn to better your life. Welcome to this episode of Lighthouse Conversations. I'm glad that you have joined us again. I'm Nathan Owens, your host for this episode. And in this episode, we're discussing something that I'm really excited about, how the Lord is working in the Caribbean. And to discuss this, I have in the studio with me a friend and special guest, Brother Gary Sprunger, the Caribbean Director for BIMI, Baptist International Missions Incorporated. Brother Sprunger, welcome to the studio. Thank you, Nathan. It's a privilege to be here in Antigua and joining you here at Caribbean Radio Lighthouse today. Brother Sprunger, can you start out by telling us a little bit about yourself? Maybe start out where the how the Lord led you to salvation. Well, I was born in Burn, Indiana, northern part of Indiana, back in 1948, and God placed me into a Christian home, and I thank the Lord that my mother and my dad were both born-again Christians, loved the Lord, and they often said they began taking me to church before I could even cry, almost. But it was a privilege to be uh, not only churched early, but to be taught the Word of God early. I remember when I was 10 years old, I was in a church choir, and uh, we were singing for a union meeting that they had in our hometown. Back in those days, a number of the good churches would join together for an evangelistic citywide meeting, and that year they invited Dr. Lehman Strauss to come from Philadelphia to preach in this uh, week-long Uh, special service. And on Thursday night, there were about 150 of us uh, young people in a choir sitting in the choir loft. And I remember as we were packed in there, Dr. Lehman Strauss was out in front of us, and he preached a message on hell. Well, that was not a very popular subject even in those days. But God knew that I needed to hear about it, even as a young person, and I recognized the fact that if I were to die that night, I would go to that place called help. I was under conviction when the invitation was given. I couldn't get out of my seat because we were packed in so tightly in that choir loft, but I went home that night. And I climbed the stairs to the second floor where my bedroom was under conviction, and I knew that I needed to make that decision. I knelt down beside my bed that night and asked the Lord Jesus Christ to come in and be my Savior. What a change he made in my life. Oh, there were still problems. There were challenges. But I thank the Lord that I had him as my shepherd 
and my guidance. And I often wondered, well, what should I do in life? I had a love for young people, and so I planned to go on to college and and to serve the Lord as a youth pastor and work with young people. But back in that day, we didn't hire youth pastors in the church. We just expected them to donate their time and labor. So I enjoyed mathematics, so I went on to Bob Jones University, and I majored in mathematics, only to the fact that three years later, I had a serious automobile accident and had amnesia for a week and couldn't remember the mathematical formulas that I needed to use on a test in calculus, and so I ended up flunking out of, of college. God had a plan in all of this because, as an outcome, I ended up going to Tennessee Temple to finish my undergraduate studies. And while I was there, the Lord was working on my heart. And during the missions conference, I remember Dr. Tom Freeney, in the middle of his message, interjecting, we need a missionary pilot church planter for the West Indies. Well, God had already opened the door, and I was a pilot. But I had not even thought God would ever use my piloting skills in the West Indies. But that night, as the appeal was made, the Spirit of God touched my heart and said, I want you to surrender to go to the West Indies. Not as only a church pilot, but as a preacher and and church planter in the West Indies. Well, two years later, my wife and I, boarded a Piper Aztec and landed in the in St. Thomas in the middle of the West Indies in order to serve the Lord. And what an exciting venture it's been for 45 years. God's been good to us, and uh, the Lord's given us many opportunities to serve Him throughout the islands. You've been with BIMI for 45 years. Tell me a little bit about BIMI. Baptist International Missions is a missions agency that was uh, formed in order to help independent Baptist churches get missionaries to the mission field. BIMI is only a facilitator. It assists the local church. It doesn't replace the local church because we believe that the local church is the sending agency of every missionary. So does the mission board raise the support for the missionaries? Well, BIMI helps missionary candidates in getting access to to contacts. We give them a Rolodex where they know where there are churches that are supporting independent Baptist missionaries. We also help them in organizing and accounting for the funds that will be given to them. And we also, being a 501c uh, corporation, are able to also give tax receipts to the donors in order that the donors have a, a guaranteed way of knowing where their money is going. BMI also helps missionaries with other problems such as bonding and accountability. It also is uh, able to help missionaries get the legal papers that they need in order to come into a country. We also uh, facilitate and help missionaries with their medical needs. And so there are a lot of things that a mission board helps missionaries to, to be able to do 
So the local church isn't uh, uh, held responsible to do all that for them. Brother Sprunger, you are currently the Caribbean director for BIMI. In that role, you travel and visit a number of BIMI missionaries throughout the Caribbean. What are some of the countries where there are BIMI missionaries serving? Well, let's start up in the Bahamas to begin with. As many of you have heard in the last few weeks about the devastation on the island of Abaco and Grand Bahamas, uh, there were three churches up there that were established as an outcome of BMI missions. Over on Abaco, Canon Joyce Tuxton went there and started uh, uh, Calvary Baptist Church. Uh, it has a national pastor now, and of course, Abaco was totally devastated. Some 18,000 people were left homeless on that island, and many of those were were living in an area called Mudtown, which has had a lot of little, small, wooden houses where the Haitian population lived. They certainly could use your prayers today. Many of those that are homeless have been taken to the island of Nassau, and uh, Shirley Godfrey, one of our missionaries in in, uh, Nassau, has reported to me last week that the church where she works is housing a good number of Haitian children and homeless people, and they need your prayers because they're supplying all of the food and the necessary needs for those that were brought to them from Abaco. I have been in touch with Pastor Bain at Tabernacle Baptist Church in Freeport, Grand Bahama, and he reported to me that the sea surge brought water that was over six foot deep through their entire church and Christian school, and right now they're going through cleaning and renovating and getting things ready to uh, reopen the school, but there's a lot of work to be done there in Grand Bahamas. There was also another church clear out on the West End that suffered damages. It is a small church, and one of our missionaries by the name of uh, Keith Ford worked there with with sign language and for with the deaf ministry in that church, and they too suffered a lot of damage from Hurricane Doran. Please, please pray for those up in that neck of the woods. Well, in other parts of the West Indies, we had missionaries in Puerto Rico, in the Dominican Republic, in Jamaica, in Haiti. And I might just reference right now, Haiti has been having a a large protest of the government's interaction in trying to manage the uh, indebtedness of that island. Uh, A while back, they made some bad decisions to accept fuel from uh, Venezuela. Now, the cost of fuel is up over $7 U.S. a gallon, and uh, they're not able to even deliver the fuel in the northern part of the island. And our missionary, Don Dryden, shared with me that for over two and a half weeks, they had not had any fuel in order to run the generators up there. And he asked for us to pray for them and the church. 
Don and Benji, his son, work together. They have a Bible Institute. They have started eight independent Baptist churches up there, and they average graduating 25 men a year out of that Bible uh, College Institute program. And it's an exciting ministry up there as they're seeing new churches started all over that northwestern section of Haiti. Well, in Puerto Rico, we have missionaries there. And, of course, down in your neck of the wood, here in the Leeward Islands, we, we've had missionaries in St. Martin that have left nationals in charge of the churches there, Anguilla. And, of course, you're familiar with Antigua here. And what a blessing it is to uh, this week to be to have a part of uh, a, a memory service for Jerry Johnson, a godly missionary who came out here because someone said to him years ago, Brother Johnson, have you prayed about Antigua? There isn't a good church there. And Brother Johnson told me when they said that, he said, I was bent toward going to Antigua, and we fell in love with the people there, and we just wanted to serve the Lord there until he took us home. Let me take just a moment to mention, if you are listening to this program and you remember Brother Johnson or his wife, uh, there is a memorial service being held on Wednesday, uh, Wednesday, the, excuse me, Thursday, the 17th of October at 2 p.m. at Grace Baptist Church in Antigua, Rowan Henry Street. You can call the radio station if you'd like more information about that. But if you'd like to attend, please do make note of that at 2 p.m. on Thursday. Well, as we said, down in this uh, part of the Caribbean, the Lord's been uh, placing new missionaries in certain islands. We thank the Lord for Robert and Rhoda Smith over in Barbados as he started uh, St. Philip's Baptist Church in the area of St. Philip's. And what an exciting ministry over there. I've had the privilege of going and filling in for him a number of times. And they have some lovely people over there in Barbados. Also down in Trinidad, uh, the Lord is blessed down there. And uh, the uh, Brother Gossett and his dear wife, Brenda, are serving the Lord there. And uh, God has raised up some marvelous churches. And uh, also over on the island of Grenada, uh, Joseph and Donna Childers arrived there about two, two and a half years ago. And uh, they have gone out to a little area that some of you would know is called Grenville on the eastern side of the island. It was back in 1979 when I flew into Grenada to facilitate in the re- in the removal of one missionary family that when I landed the airplane that I was flying, I was greeted by Grenadian soldiers with AK-47 rifles, and I was held at gunpoint at the airport, and I wondered at that time, would I ever have an opportunity to see a church built in the neighborhood of that that airport? Well, 
It was two years ago that Brother Joseph went over to Grenville, started uh, uh, Lifeline Baptist Church, and what a blessing. Folks are getting saved. Young people uh, have been called into the ministry. One of their young men has gone off to Bible college this year, and it's continuing to grow. And what a thrill it is to see what God is doing in and around the Caribbean. Well, I kind of skipped over one island, and it's the island Dominican Republic. Well, a lot of things are happening there. Uh, one of the marvelous things that uh, just took place, uh, Brother Owens, is we sent in 750,000 Romans that have a forward with the plan of salvation called the Romans Road in Spanish. It's an illustrated presentation of how a person can come to know Christ as his Savior. Well, the 20-foot container was packed from from the floor to the roof, from the front to the back door, with cases of, of the, uh, the Romans uh, in Spanish booklet. We also had two other large pallets with over a million tracks in five different uh, uh, five different layouts, all in Spanish. And when they arrived in the Dominican Republic the first week of June, we were told that we were going to have to pay a very high amount of tariff or taxes, or better in Spanish, arbitrios, and uh, we were shocked by that. We had we uh, found that our forwarder had had changed some of the documentation, and we began to question what was going on. Well, little by little, it, it added up to where it was over fifty thousand wow. dollars in taxes and wharfage, and we were praying that God would do something special. I often told churches, please pray that God would take some of the cattle off of the Thousand Hills and take them to the market and sell them on the auction block so I would have the money to pay this off. One guy in one church said, Brother Springer, what kind of cows you want God to sell? I told him I'd be willing if God would sell a few Angus. They always bring better money than the Herefords. So I was hoping I would get the money to pay for it, but God wasn't interested in paying for it. He was going to work it out in a different way. And after weeks of negotiating, God led us to the right-hand man of the president of the Dominican Republic who appealed to the president in our behalf and uh, and little did we know that President Medina ultimately sent a memo to the uh, to the taxation department as well as to the Port Authority and exonerated all of the fees and the taxes and wrote all of that off in one day. Praise the Lord. My, our God's a wonderful God. He's still in the prayer-answering business, and he doesn't want us to become too aggressive in doing things our way. He just wants us to wait and depend upon him to take care of it. Well, today, those tracts have been distributed all over the Dominican Republic, and September was the month of of tract distribution among the churches, and we were able to facilitate in getting literally thousands of tracts and the 
and the Romans booklet with the gospel in it into into homes and and houses and into the hands of people all over the Dominican Republic. But that's just the start of the story because let me just share one more thing. In the area called Vietnam de la Mina, there's a national fellow by the name of Fernando Reyes, a great young man. The Atlanta Braves, I understand, wanted to hire him to play baseball for him, and when they appealed to him to sign a contract, he said, no, I'm not interested in playing baseball. God called me to preach the gospel. I'm going to serve the Lord. We went into Vietnam de la Mina, one of the worst areas I know of in the Dominican Republic, and began to preach the gospel at a church which had been started began to grow. It grew to about 135 people, and I saw him as I visited one day, and he said to me, Brother Sprunger, he said, we had a church split. I said, what happened? He said, well, he said, last week I had a church of 135, and this week I have a church of 60. I said, what happened to your people? Oh, he said, they moved them across the river. The government had built a huge apartment complex with over a thousand apartment units, and they moved half of his church over there and gave them new housing apartments. And I said, Brother Fernando, what are you going to do? He said, Well, you know, you gave me a motorcycle a while back. I'm going to get on my motorcycle after I have Sunday school and church early Sunday morning, and I'm going to go across the river, and we're going to have church over there about noon. When I get done there, I'm going to come back home for an hour, and then I'm going to go back to the church. I'm going to have Sunday afternoon meetings over here in Vietnam de la Vina. Well, after I went over to see the new work in Las Nuevas Barranquitas, I said to him, you've got to find some land over here because they were just meeting out on the grass and setting up chairs. And I said, we need to find some land where we can actually have a building. Within about three months, he sent word to me that he found a beautiful piece of property only about 200 yards away from the front entrance of that large apartment complex. We were able to help him buy that piece of property, and today they have a tin roof structure there, and they're looking forward to being able to build a permanent place. But already that ministry is reaching about 100 people every Sunday morning, and God is blessing, and souls are being saved And God's doing some marvelous things throughout the Caribbean. Amen. You mentioned that God is still in the business of answering prayers. Can you share with me, how can I, as a listener, effectively pray for a missionary? Well, first of all, Nathan, I believe we ought to find names to pray for. God God made each of us different, and our parents gave us a name. And God knows that what do we got to say? We got a new name in glory. I think He wants us to pray for one another uh, using our names. Find a missionary that you're interested in and pray for them by name. Find out about the needs that they have. They may be on a different island than where you're at. 
well, pray for them and the needs of that island, and pray for their family, pray for their spiritual uh, well-being. But aren't they already really spiritual, and they don't really need prayers in that area? Well, you know, Nathan, uh, you and I have been saved a good many years, and some days I don't feel too spiritual. And I need all the prayers that God's people will send upward for me. And you and I deal with a lot of problems in the ministry. I deal with problems coming in from about 65 missionaries all over the Caribbean. And I lack wisdom. I need God's wisdom in order to help our missionaries to keep on keeping on. So I'd appreciate if you'd pray for me. Pray for our missionaries specifically. Pray for their outreaches that God will give them victories. Pray that souls will be saved as they preach the gospel. Pray that God will intervene and encourage them even when it may be a discouraging day. Well, whatever need you have, you remember those missionaries are just like you and they have the same needs. They they need you to stand behind them and pray for them. And as they have special needs and you find out about those needs, pray for those special needs also. Brother Sprunger, in the last three minutes, do you have anything else? Uh, I know sometimes we get busy in our routines and we get discouraged because maybe not lots of people are getting saved at our church or in our neighborhood. And we begin to feel, is God, ask, is God really still working? Any words of encouragement that you'd like to share in closing? I tell our missionaries all the time, Brother Nathan, don't look for the big things. Look for the little things that God is doing. I encourage our missionaries to keep a journal. It may be that you've been praying for an open door to witness to somebody in your neighborhood. And it may just be that God causes you to cross the path of some neighbor, and all you need to do is just share what the Lord has done for you and give them some good news about the gospel. I tell churches all the time that my wife and I really don't do much, but we've been called to be journalists. God's called us to share what he's doing with others. And I said the marvelous thing about this that you and I don't have to share the fake news. We get to share the real news of God's Word and what the Lord is doing in our life and in the lives of others. So I would encourage you, when you see a small little answer to prayer, it may be that you've asked the Lord for a good day, and he gives you a good day. You may have asked the Lord to send rain so that your your garden will grow. And if God sends a drip or two of water, you ought to thank the Lord and say, Lord, I'm so glad that you sent me a little rain in order to make my garden grow. And thank the Lord. It's not because of what you and I have done. It's what God is doing for us. Brother Sprunger, thank you very much for taking the time to join me for this episode of Lighthouse Conversations. Thanks for listening in on our conversation. We trust that it was beneficial to you as you continue to develop a more meaningful life. Do you have a topic or a guest you would like us to have a conversation with for a future episode on Lighthouse Conversations? 
We would love to hear your suggestions. Send us a mail at Caribbean Radio Lighthouse, P.O. Box 1057, St. John's, Antigua, or Lighthouse, B-I-M-I, at gmail.com. Or give us a call at area code 268-462-1454. Or send us a message via WhatsApp or text at area code 268-782-1454. Thanks for listening. Remember, you can hear Lighthouse Conversations Wednesday at 12.30 p.m. on the Caribbean Radio Lighthouse. If you're in Antigua, you can listen at 92.3 MHz FM. If you're in the Caribbean, you can listen at 1160 kHz AM or listen online at www.radiolighthouse.org from anywhere in the world. Or you can subscribe to this podcast. Looking forward to having you join us next time. Bye-bye.